As the shutdown due to COVID-19 continues, we continue to get used to the new normal. And a large part of that new normal is the use of technology. Video chats are often the only way we're able to see friends and family we don't live with. And a streaming service login has become the ticket to watch movies. Tech is helping us to get through these times of staying at home and social distancing. Tech companies north and south of the border are facing challenges unique to these times. I'm Adam Toy. And I'm Dave McIver. And this is why. Hey, Dave, have you uh, done a bunch of video calls like this? Uh, I would say I'm becoming an expert on video calls like this, Adam. Uh, it's great to see your face, by the way. We haven't seen each other in like, I don't even know how long. Months, but uh, yeah, yeah we, we do these, you know, usually once or twice a weekend and uh, once or twice during the week with uh, my wife having family out in, uh, out in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick and PEI and all those places. So uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, you know what? It, it was funny. Um, just uh, over the weekend, I did a call like this with my mother who was celebrating her birthday. Me, my family, like all my brothers and sisters, everybody was on the call from uh, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. And yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a good time. That's awesome, man. Uh, like, I guess I should ask, since we haven't seen each other, have you seen uh, Tiger King yet on Netflix? Uh, you know what? No, I have not been able to. But, you know, we did sign up for Disney Plus, which is a plus. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, we have to keep our streaming services in line during these times to keep ourselves busy, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Stave off that uh, cabin fever. Yeah. Uh, except for the pounds I'm putting on that you would normally put on during cabin fever because yeah. those... If the people could see my face right now, they'd notice it's gotten larger in the last uh, two months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I've been, uh, I, I can't say I've been panic eating, but yeah, I've, I've noticed that I've, uh, I, I haven't been able to uh, go to the gym, which kind of sucks. Uh, and yeah, I've probably put on weight in different places for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I know you're a gym guy. I'm not, so I should have expected this to happen. But uh, I know you're a gym guy, and you love to uh, get out and stay healthy. So uh, I know I'm feeling for you, pal. <laughs> thanks, thanks. It's um, <laughs> yeah, more more time at home, which is what we all have now. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> but uh, hey, uh, Dave, it's it's been um, great to see you. But you know, we got a we got a show to do here. So let's meet back our different studios that we're socially distancing from. Uh, me at Global Calgary, you at 770 CHQR. Sounds good, buddy. Great to see you. And uh, yeah, we'll chat uh, real quick here. Can you imagine what it would be like to go through this pandemic without technology? Honestly, I can't. It's been such a big part of our lives over the last two months. I hear you. We couldn't do office jobs from home. Teaching kids at home would look entirely different. Staying in touch with friends and family would be over a telephone call. Remember those? And not Zoom chats or the house party app. And we'd be reading a lot more books or watching shows on the old cable TV schedule instead of on demand on services like Netflix. So all of these companies that we're using, Zoom, Skype, Netflix, Google, etc., they're all Silicon Valley companies. The question for me is, Canadian tech companies, how are they doing? Great question. I recently caught up with a few Canadian tech CEOs on video chats to check in on how they and their companies are doing during this pandemic. The first CEO I want to introduce you to is Lucas McCarthy. 
He founded ShowPass, an online event ticket seller. If you wanted to get tickets to go to a show or a conference, ShowPass was one of those companies that sold the tickets online. Yeah. I mean, the primary business model for, for us is uh, we created an online platform that allows our customers, uh, which is generally event organizers, um, to basically publish and transact online for all of their tickets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been in business for a few years now, haven't you? Yeah, we, I mean, we started, we got into this business in 2014. We sold our, our first ticket here in Calgary, actually, in 2014. So I imagine being that your business is dependent on events and with this uh, coronavirus pandemic, shutting events down of, you know, if it's arts or if it's conferences or all sorts, I, I imagine, like, how has that affected your business? It was a really interesting time when, we were, I mean, last year we had a record year. Uh, January was a record month. February was a record month. Um, March rolled around and I'll never forget the day where, you know, the announcement for, you know, 250 people maximum getting together um, started. You know, it hit Ontario, Alberta, BC kind of within, you know, a 48 hour period. Uh, those are our largest markets. Um, it was uh, within kind of 48 hours, we had to really come up with a plan to effectively operate off of zero revenue for you know, the foreseeable future. Wow, that's a tough pill to swallow and to see all your business go poof like so many others during this pandemic. Yes, but it's not all a sob story for Canadian tech. Let me introduce you to Ryan Gill. He's the founder and CEO of Communo, a contingent work platform. These times have affected his business as well. Interesting enough, um, Communo is probably one of the few people that are one of the few companies that are exploding through this pandemic. So I'm very cautious uh, to share some of my optimism sometimes, as you can imagine, uh, because I don't want to be tone deaf. But at the same time, I think the world needs to know uh, some good stories as well. And so Communo is exploding. You know, typically we'd have maybe 20 signups a day. Uh, onto our platform, which is a, uh, a contingent work um, platform that is available uh, to people around the world. But recently, we've had uh, upwards to three, four hundred signups a day. So that's I, what's the number? Like fourteen hundred percent, thirteen, fourteen hundred percent growth. Um, so it's exploded, and we're trying to keep up. To be honest, uh, also the platform usually has two to three million dollars worth of work on it daily, and um, the last count I did before I got on this, uh, this um, interview with you is we're around 28 million or just over 28 million. So it's exciting times for us, but I want to be uh, cautious with my uh, language because um, I also empathize with what's going on around me. Sure. But I imagine that uh, also it's um, as much as business is booming for you right now, uh, it's probably not business as usual. What are some of the, how are some of the ways that you've had to adapt? Yeah, so we had to make some cuts quick to extend our runway. We are a startup that just got funded. Thank God we got funded uh, at the end of last year, early 2020. Um, and so to be uh, prudent and to uh, make tough calls right away, about a month ago, we did have to make some changes, um, but we cut deep quick uh, and we probably should have made those decisions earlier, to be honest. Uh, And so those were hard times. And of course, our members are going through, uh, a lot of our members are small to mid-sized businesses. They're struggling, but we're finding this coming together. And our platform is really a 
um, place, a community that really people connect. And I think they're finding solace in that. And so uh, we're acting as a bit of a um, refugee camp, if you will, uh, to everyone to come together. And we're trying to leave no one behind. Uh, so much so that uh, our platform is a pay-to-play platform, subscription-based, and we've made it free uh, right now for freelancers in this time because, uh, yeah, we really needed to do that. It wasn't just because it's a, the, you know, it's, it seems like the right thing to do. Um, it's, it's to, it's just, it's just to help. And so, um, we made it free and, uh, it's been cool to see the other members that were on the platform helping other new members out. So, um, it's a crazy time, but it's like, it's exciting as well. Wow. That's amazing for the Communo team seeing signups explode like that. Sure. But as Ryan said, enrolling in their platform is free right now. And that seed funding money will help keep them afloat for a while. But like any other business, they're also depending on the economy picking up. You know, one area that historically has done well during a downturn in the economy? What's that? Education. And while traditional education institutions like schools and universities are trying to figure out how to deliver education online, some tech-oriented educators are in a better position to deliver their programs. Jeremy Shackey is the CEO and co-founder of Lighthouse Labs. Lighthouse does coding boot camps. Before the pandemic, they did a bunch of these courses in person. Then when this coronavirus hit, they had to shift it all to online and in a hurry. So uh, the first, the biggest thing right away was that we had uh, over 180 students who were in person, in, in person courses that immediately needed to be shifted to online. And we were lucky that we have done some remote and online delivery before. Um, but I'd, I'd say for the scale and size of what we were dealing with, there was a huge amount of work our team had to put in. And we had about two weeks of runway to kind of get it done uh, to make it work. Uh, we had kind of, we had sensed that this was coming and kind of looked at it. So um, that, that was a huge effect. And obviously, and we've noticed a very big difference in between students who were in the middle of in-person courses going online versus students now applying to Lighthouse and knowing it's online. So I think, I think for all of us, the shock and change of something going that drastically and that quickly, we all felt it, right? And I think Lighthouse did too. Um, I think as a business, we were very concerned around, okay, will people want to take these courses online? What does the job market look like? All those fronts. So uh, from a business front, we actually had we had to make some changes ourselves within that time frame. Um, but recently, especially in releasing our scholarship, our oh, sorry about that. Um, Especially in releasing our scholarship, uh, $500,000 for people who've lost jobs or had their jobs affected, uh, that's made a really big impact on Lighthouse as well, where we've actually seen a lot of candidates coming to us right now uh, because I guess people are right in the middle of all their job transitions and job changes and now have the time and are now thinking about doing the thing they've been thinking about or are doing the thing they've been thinking about doing for a while. So it sounds like this uh, this pandemic hasn't necessarily slowed down the business at all. If anything, it's maybe just transformed it or even accelerated things. Um, I'd say it's too early to tell. If I'm being if I'm being as clear as I can, I'd say there's definitely right now in the short term there's been some positives and definitely some negatives within it. Um, I think time will tell whether the online education space is something that actually has a lasting power for a group like Lighthouse Labs or if it's just something that is in the moment right now people are willing to do because we're all stuck at our computers. Uh, I think that'll be a big, and if, if the answer is it's online does not have secret power, the amount of work we're going to have to do to get back properly within the in-person space, our communities, get things moving, all that, it'll, that'll take some time. Adam, it sounds like each tech company you spoke with is dealing with the hand dealt by this pandemic. 
you're right. Each of these companies have had to deal with the financial fallout in their own ways, mostly with pay cuts, but they have had to lay off some people. And these companies are filled with people, not robots, and they're all reacting to this pandemic in different ways. Morale seems to be generally good. Here's Lucas with Showpass again. I think, I think it's tough for a lot of people because of what's going on outside of their own four walls. Um, for whatever reason, I think the, the world likes to be negative. Um, yeah, it's, not, it's not inside of our company. That's not really a mentality that we take. So um, what brings us happiness, I think we're all, we, we all have different things. But uh, the, the thing that as Showpass, we generally all agree on um, health and fitness as well as food is really the, the core the core pillars of happiness i think with a lot of people in our company i'd say, I'd say almost everyone including myself um so we've actually kept we have a chef that, that has cooked for us for the last two years um and we've kept him obviously on and he does uh he does meal kits for every single person he delivers twice a week uh right to their right to their houses and um, I think that makes people, you know, a, a really, really happy. I think it brings a lot of, uh, you know, comfort in knowing that I don't have to cook the next meal. I don't have to go shopping. I don't, you know, and I, you know, we can't do that for three meals a day, seven days a week. But you know, when we can cover a decent chunk of it, I think it's helpful. Uh, the morale, I'd say, is, is pretty optimistic. You know, this new project that we're working on, I think, allows them to think outside of the box. And for me personally. Um, it's, it's brought a lot of energy into my world. You know, we came from, uh, record, record, record to brick wall. And after a brick wall, you know, we kind of have to pick up the pieces and say, where are we going from here? Um, and this, I think is a really, really good reset and a really good check of our skills of our abilities to adapt and our abilities to compete. Um, which I really like the, the lifeblood of our business. That's what gets us excited. Like that, that's what built this business from, you know, absolutely nothing to, you know, one of the largest ticketing companies in the country and, and likely what's going to build us up again over the next few months here. So what does a pause in the economy from the pandemic do to a tech startup? I asked Jeremy that very question. Well, um, I think from an education startup, it's interesting, digital education in general. So if you look at China as an example, um, as, they've, as they were dealing with both COVID and then post-COVID, online education is up about 40% from where it was beforehand. And online education was already a much bigger piece in China than it was uh, in North America. So there's definitely, prog for our business particularly, there's some really interesting positive opportunities that come from what's going on. And in general, when jobs, people are losing jobs, they do look at education and turn to education. The challenge for our business is what the job market looks like afterwards. We don't want to be putting people, we don't want people coming into our courses without jobs on the other side. Our rate of placement has been 93% of our graduates get jobs within 120 days across the country. Um, that's something that's very important as to what our business is. So on those types of things where the job market and you're watching it, right now we're seeing tech jobs still there and still moving, which is really exciting for us because now we feel like we have a big opportunity. As a startup in general, the big challenge that you have, and Lighthouse Labs you know, um, honestly didn't have this problem because we don't have investment. We've built, we've bootstrapped our business. What you see is a lot of startups who have rounds of investment within them they've spent a lot of money to try to build the foundation of their business, 
but haven't built the revenue and the profit pipeline that they need and are probably somewhere right in the middle that when everything bottoms out like this, now there's just a bunch of investment in something. You don't know how to take it forward. The market has changed completely and you're kind of stuck with this staffing problem, with their space problems, with your how to cut operational costs. And I think when the Canadian government released their 75% wage subsidy, uh, one of the biggest challenges was that their criteria originally was that you had to have been below a certain amount of revenue from last year. Well, that's a really bad number for startups. That's changed. They've made that change this past weekend, actually. And I think it's going to help a lot more startups in terms of how they're looking at their criteria. The biggest part is you're a small amount of people. You're already on a very tightrope plan to getting your business forwards. And when a major, major change like this comes, you have to be able to pivot and adjust very quickly. Opposite side of that is it potentially presents big opportunity because it's disrupting everybody. And there's room to be building stuff that might have not come to fruition all that quickly that now is mobilized a lot quicker. Like I said earlier, we'll hasten uh, a a new type of company. Uh, I think going into uh, this pandemic before it happened, we knew we all knew there was a shift that was going to come. We all we obviously hoped it wouldn't be like this, but here we are, and this is going to usher in so many um, amazing, and it's already doing it, amazing breakthroughs and innovation. People are becoming more innovative because they have to. We're forced to it. Uh, we're forced to do it. Um, but work from home, remote contingent workforces, platforms like ours, they're going to explode like we're, I was just talking about earlier. Um, and I don't think it'll ever go back to normal. I was in a board meeting with our board uh, last week and uh, speaking of our industry specifically, the advertising marketing industry, there's really, really big agencies out there that typically, uh, Adam, typically they have five to 10% if they're enlightened, uh, contingent workers or freelancers. And that's, that's like if they're enlightened, typically they have not built here, it has to be in our office, needs to be full-time. Everyone's reconsidering that now. Um, and I don't, I think it's going to swing. It could go as far as 40, 50, 60% will be remote or contingent. And you can, uh, hopefully posterity will come back and look at this. And I think it might even go higher. Um, so the shift is going to be dramatic. Um, however, the blurring of lines, the blurring of lines between FTEs, full-time employees, and contractors is going to become uh, more evident. And you, you, you won't know who's a full-time or a contingent worker. And platforms, again, like Communo, I'm not trying to hammer it home, but there is lots of other ones out there like Congo uh, and others. Um, there, it's just gonna be commonplace to be able to have at the push of a button, we talked about Uber already, uh, you can have 20, 50 people working for you. and uh, that's a great promise to have, you know, um, firms and companies that um, embrace those new technologies in the new world that we're coming into um, will be the ones that win. And so you talk about innovation uh, in 2008, a lot of it happened there. Airbnb, Uber, there, there's lots of unicorns that we don't even know it, that, that are mainstream that came out of that. There'll be even more now. So uh, keep your heads up. If you're an entrepreneur out there, now is the time to launch stuff and build it. Stop talking about it. Uh, go out and do it. Uh, there's never been a, a time like this in the history of our of our lifetime anyway that uh, although it's, it's really crappy out there right now, uh, those that uh, 
keep their heads up and work hard and build stuff. That's the key. Don't talk about it, build stuff. Uh, will come out, I think, the victors. So, Adam, we started this episode with Lucas and the folks at Showpass, who, after events like concerts and conferences were shut down, saw their revenue go to zero. Yep. Where did they go from here? They're working on a new project to bring audiences together with, you know what, I'll let Lucas explain. We sat down with a lot of really smart people, and we kind of decided that what what kind of alternatives we, we that we could pull off with, you know, a bunch of technology apps, like really, really smart people, um, really dedicated people, really hardworking people. Uh, what could we pull off? So, I mean, we got on the phone with some grocery store chains. We started, we started uh, building a very, you know, rudimentary version of a queuing system, which is our company's roots was, was a virtual queuing system. Um, reintroduction of that would have been interesting because, you know, there's six feet kind of distances. There's time slots that could be used and in banks, there's time slots that could be used in grocery stores. Uh, so we thought that, that could be super useful. Um, didn't have a lot of legs to it in the financial kind of portion of it. Wasn't quite what we need to obviously pay for, you know, 40, 50 people. Um, that's that's the reality is, you know, we've got we've got to make sure that everyone's paid for. And you know, we were lucky enough to come into this situation with some really great investors um, who believe in our team. So. We, we, we kind of took that mentality again and um, reshaped this. And next week, we're actually going to be launching a, uh, um, uh, a new platform that offers uh, online experiences for um, supporters of everyone from musicians to chefs to uh, comedians. And I think we've got a couple of zookeepers on there. Like uh, there's a really wide, diverse range of people who have made their living the same way as we have, which is, you know, um, bringing people together um, and we're, we've created a, a platform similar to Zoom um, that allows these hosts to connect with some of their best supporters um, in a way that offers something really unique that they won't able that, that they've never been able to do before you know taking events from you know the in person to uh, I'd say virtual um, but yeah that's that's really kind of our next our next big focus and there's been a there's been a lot of supporters in our company, and there's been a lot of people I think that are outside of you know competitors and things like that that are gonna. I think I think the government has tried to be as helpful as possible when it comes to these situations, but they don't they don't look at startups as as I guess uh, their their main priority, which I think is probably wrong. You look at some of the larger companies in in the country that have you know achieved great success. You know, prior and during, you know, Shopify, I think, is one of Canada's gems. And, you know, if they were, if they hadn't supported, you know, if this happened to Shopify when they were, you know, at our stage, it would be, it would have killed the company. So, you know, I think, I think they have to be pretty careful about some of the, the things that they're doing. And um, you know, growth companies definitely have to be a target for you know, government support and things like that. And that speaks to something we don't have time here to discuss. Supports for tech from government. Many tech startups don't qualify for the Canadian Emergency Wage Subsidy or credit being made available through the Business Development Bank of Canada or Exports Development Canada. And that's before governments like Alberta decide to put billions of dollars towards energy as opposed to emerging sectors like tech. Considering companies like Uber, Airbnb, and even Google started in economic conditions like we're in right now, developing Canadian tech could be key in a post-pandemic prosperity. 
This is Why is produced by me, Adam Toy, and Dave McIver. It's a national radio show and a podcast. You can reach us by email at thisiswhy at globalnews.ca and on Twitter at thisiswhy. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, make sure you subscribe to This Is Why so you never miss an episode. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And while you're there, give us a five-star rating. Thanks for listening. We'll see you soon.